0: hey welcome to the weekly build we have no real plan here but we're just gonna kind of uh talk every week about things we're working on things we're planning what's working what isn't and mostly just keep each other accountable because uh we both have adhd and we have great ideas and that accountability is really important yeah so let's just talk we were talking right before i hit record about a year ago i was putting some stuff on youtube and then i did So I did some videos where I was working on Rome research and stuff like that. I didn't really have a plan for it. And then I did the video. I did a talk last year on toxic productivity with ADHD. And so I put that on YouTube and it did fine. Like, you know, it got like a couple thousand views, which was great because I had like, you know, like 50 subscribers or something at the time. And then like, I guess I should introduce you. I haven't said anything. Hey, I'm Jesse and I'm here with uh, Marie. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, yeah this is Marie here I like it this is a casual it's just a casual conversation I think that's kind of why I wanted to do it is just you know kind of have it it's almost like having a chat buddy to to kind of debrief at the end of the Mm -hmm. week or decompress at the end of the week and just catch up on you know what you're doing what I'm doing but not have anything too formal yeah and and like you said the accountability thing is is huge for me as well just kind of having that check-in makes me think you know what am I going to talk to Jesse about this week and Mm -hmm that that really helps keep me focused
0: yeah there's that little extra pressure of like oh i'm gonna have to tell i'm gonna have to talk about what i did yeah and so if i haven't done anything yeah maybe you know i might end up with some uh, late wednesday nights so that i have <laughs> something but that's good that's what i want that little extra like nudge to kind of do the stuff
1: it's a little bit of pressure
0: yeah exactly so with the YouTube, I hadn't done anything with it. So that was back last year in like November when I upload, I did the talk and then I uploaded the video. There's just like 20 minutes talking about ADHD and toxic productivity and stuff like that. And then just about a month or so ago, I was on, I was on a short little vacation and I started getting, I was just telling you this, but I was, I was getting notifications about people were buying. I had like this time tracker sheet that I did for sometime last year and I was getting notifications that people were buying it again, just like going to gum road, buying, you know, you can get it for free or, you know, pay whatever you want. So people were doing like two bucks, five bucks and stuff like that. I was like, what is going on? I haven't said anything about this time tracker for like over a year. So I didn't know what was happening for at first. And then I can't remember where I figured it out, but at some point I noticed that, Oh, that my, the talk that I did on YouTube, has is suddenly blowing up like the algorithm out of nowhere because i hadn't said anything about it in months just like picked it up and started showing it and i was getting like four thousand, five thousand 5000 views a day and also and then i was getting subscribers and everything just sort of like blew up there so yeah so i had no no plans to do anything with youtube and now i'm like uh maybe i need to do something with youtube because you it would yeah if i have the other videos like on adhd they like, I think those would have picked up as well. But since i really mm-hmm. only have the one it was just, it's almost like I had this big opportunity and I it's, it's almost wasted right now because there's no other content that, you know, for people to learn more about ADHD on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's no other follow-up or, you know, how they have the recommendations like, right, you know, like yeah. this one, check out Jesse's other videos. How long has the video been out there now?
0: So it w- I put it out in November. So it's been like nine, ten, nine or 10 months.
1: Oh, that's so funny. It's it's one of those things, right, where when you first put the content out, actually, I should say, that's probably the that's the video where I got introduced to you because mm. I must have been searching around on YouTube for something ADHD just to make myself feel better, and I think <laughs> I came across your video there. I'd also seen you on Twitter at that stage, so you weren't mm-hmm. a complete stranger to me. I'd seen your content in a few places, but then I watched the video, and it really—I mean, I've told you this before—but it really clicked with me because there's a lot of ADHD content, but your content's very thoughtful. Like, it's very nuanced, and it's—and it's—you can tell that you've you've spent time thinking about it. And I was like, wow, this guy is really—you know—I feel like I relate to you and everything that you said. So that's kind of what got me. I think I, we probably just reached out on Twitter or something. I don't even remember how we first connected. But. Yeah,
0: I don't remember. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly how we connected, but I know at some point I started kind of following you as well. And yeah, we're just kind of back and forth, you know, like, oh, we have, I don't yeah. even think I knew you had ADHD at first. I think I was just sort of following your development journey because journey, I'm interested in right. kind of like, you know, right. following what's happening in the SaaS world and indie devs kind of doing their thing. Um, plus you were doing you know productivity yeah. you know time-related tools so that oh, obviously yeah. is gonna grab my attention and uh yeah. yeah
1: but going back to your video so it was it's interesting because it was nine roughly nine months ago it's one of those things where you put stuff out there and it was really good at the beginning and I think you said you had like quite a good response mm-hmm. but then it's you left it alone and then suddenly just out of the blue one day it It picks up again. That's so, and that's like a common theme with marketing, right? Like sometimes you just have to be putting the content out there and yours had a good response from the beginning, but for other pieces of content, you might not have that response and you kind of feel like it's a wasted effort, (laughs) Yeah, but you just never know when something, someone might pick it up and they share it. And then suddenly like many, many months later, it's like taken Mm -hmm. off, but you have to be in it to win it. Like (laughs) you have to put the stuff out there and just keep keep creating the content. Yeah,
0: it's kind of like there's the uh Jack Butcher, you know, he does the visualized value uh stuff and he's got that chart where it says like this is pointless and it points to, yes. you know, it's this long chart where like the line just sort of stays the same for however much time yeah, and then like yeah. right Another after one. this Another is pointless one. is when it like shoots up the hockey stick growth or whatever. And that's like, that's exactly what, if I, if I look at my video, that's exactly what the chart looks like. Like it's exact, it's just like all this time. Like I said, I had like a couple thousand views. Um, but then it just sort of stagnated forever. And then out of the blue, it Mm. just blew. I think it's, it's over 150,000 views now. And I went from like, I think I had a couple hundred subscribers a month ago and now I have like 8,000. And so it's really like blown up. And I was able to um, I can't remember. At some point, I hit a subscriber number and a views number or view hours that lets you turn on monetization. So I was like, sure, let's see what that's like. Oh, milestone. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's done surprisingly well. Like that was basically I turned that on and then saw like some money coming in. And I was like, oh, that's like not just like that's not pennies. That's like enough money to take seriously. Um, it's not like like I'm not getting like uh, thousands or anything, but I'm getting enough to be like. If I had a lot Mm. more content on there, this could be substantial.
1: Do you need to do anything other than just hit a switch? Like, does YouTube just pick the videos that go, like that play before your your Yeah, so
0: YouTube kind of handles it all. You can, there's a variety of things you can turn on. So you hit monetization and then there's like, do you want to allow... Do you want to allow banner ads? Do you want to allow videos that come in that you can skip? Do you want to allow unskippable ones and all those sorts of things? Right. Yeah, and you can also do it per video. And I don't know. I just turned everything on, and we'll, we'll see. I might turn off. <laughs> I might turn off the unskippable ads because that always drives me nuts. Um, and you can't turn those off, which is great. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. You just piss Yeah, people just get annoyed if you can't skip it.
0: I know when I get mad at it, I get mad at YouTube mm. and not the creator and now I think I didn't know before. Like right. I didn't know this is a creator. Yeah. Now I, now that I know, I'm going to be mad at the creators when I see like, "Oh, why did you enable the unskippable videos or whatever?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you know, I just um I just paid for YouTube Premium. Oh, I They got me. Like I Yes. I, yeah, I just can't I can't stand the ads. Like it just I think they're getting more. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And I get that it's a good thing for the creators to to get money from that because they've built up an audience and content. But I just reached a tipping point and I paid for it. Yeah,
0: I did I, I did that about a year ago because I watch I watch oh, YouTube okay, all okay. the time. Uh, we just I have it on the Apple TV. So, same, so I'm same. always watching it like in our living room. Yeah. And the ads are just oh, they're the worst. So yeah, I that's a service I pay for and I'm I'm not happy to pay for it, but it's totally worth it to me to pay for it, to not have yeah. those ads. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Same.
1: (laughs) I I learn a lot from YouTube. Yeah. I love YouTube. Whenever I have an issue I'm trying to solve, like even if it's a dev issue, I'll Google it, but I'll also just jump on YouTube just to see if someone else has made a video. Mm -hmm. Because I love when people talk through their problems on a video or I guess a podcast as well, but mostly video, Mm -hmm. because they can show you on the screen as well what happened. Because I love I love the approach. Like if you go on Stack Overflow or, you know, anything on Google, you can read like a solution, but maybe they don't spend the time describing how they got to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where YouTube fills that gap for me. I like seeing... The, the process. Yeah,
0: yeah, same. Uh, especially if it's something like Stack Overflow is great for solving a problem. Like I got a problem and I'm trying to fix it. What? Where's that magic bit of code that's gonna make me help me fix it? Yeah, where's that line
1: I can? But YouTube, copy-paste. if I'm
0: learning something new, like I need something that's gonna engage yes. my attention because otherwise I'll read quote unquote read same. a book or an article. And I'll be like, I didn't get anything out of that. (laughs) I got to the end of the page or I got stuck on a paragraph for five minutes and couldn't like grok it or whatever. Whereas a video just like, there's something about it, being able to see somebody walk through it. Yeah, it's great. You
1: know, with your, going back to your video for a sec, so you know how YouTube took away the thumbs down Mm, button, mm -hmm. I think maybe a year ago, right? Like I found an extension the other day that puts it back. (laughs) So I think it's – so I find it useful not because I'm downvoting content. It's because I want to see the ratio between upvotes and downvotes Mm, mm -hmm. because I think that's important to figuring out is that content good. I can't remember the name of the extension. Maybe we put it in the show notes. I can find it later. But it basically puts the number back for the downvotes. Mm. And your one has very, very few (laughs) downvotes. I think last time I looked it was 16,000. Up, right and maybe I don't know just like sub 100 down which is an amazing <laughs> ratio yeah
0: that,
1: that's what I go okay I want to watch mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. because sometimes you can have high upvotes and high um, downvotes, right, right? right and that's not obviously not what you want to watch
0: <laughs> yeah that's actually one thing I wish I mentioned how I watch a lot of YouTube on the Apple TV and so much of that stuff is just missing and so you'll like search for video and there's a bunch of videos listed and it, you have no idea like is this something people actually like Uh, who knows? Uh, Yeah, you don't get that data, which is frustrating. I do want to move on. We're like halfway through the episode and I want to make sure we talk about (laughs) (laughs) some of the stuff you're doing with uh, Llama Life. Um, You mentioned, so I know you recently did the sale uh, and you also talked about an imposter or something. Uh, I don't know the details there. So Yeah. yeah, why don't you, yeah, tell me more about one of those.
1: Yeah. So this week, there's a lot to talk about. This week's been a bit crazy. At the beginning of the week, we we did a short sale. You know, I don't, we don't normally do sales because I think sales, they're not a good indication. When I say a sale, like a promotion, like, mm. you know, 20% off or something like that. It's not really a good indication of how well your business is doing. I think we all get tempted to do a sale when we feel like we want to get, to get a bit of a dopamine <laughs> kick from getting those Stripe notifications. Right. But we, we did a sale end of last week. And we ended it start of this week and it did okay. So we got, it was for the annual plan only. Hmm. And we got 73 people who who took advantage of the sale. And that's okay. Um, I think where we went wrong though was the way we decided to implement it. So there's, there's a few ways you can do a sale. One is you just, you drop the price and then that's literally the price someone gets when they click buy. Mm-hmm. So you're actually changing the the price on on your Stripe portal, right. right? You actually say the product is now this amount. That's a that's probably the cleanest way to do it. For whatever reason, we decided to do a coupon code this time, Fine. which means that if you don't put the coupon code in at checkout, you don't get the sales price, mm-hmm. right? I think coupon codes are really about like, okay, I want to offer a student discount or target a very specific group. And I email them a coupon code and say, use that. Mm -hmm. And it's not as public, but I have seen companies that do it that way where it's public. Everyone, if you want to, if you want the deal, you put the coupon code in. So what happened was out of the 73 people who bought the annual plan during this sales period, 11 didn't use the code.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And so now, we just had this dilemma with we're, we're thinking, well, when it happened the first time, because I get the notifications, right? So I can see the price someone paid straight away. So when it happened the first time, I was like, well, I'm trying to justify it in my head. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, maybe they're just like a huge supporter and they just wanted to pay full price. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll just leave it for the first one. But then 11 people did it. And I'm like, oh no, like, is this because they didn't know there was a code and they were just rushing and they just hit buy? then i was having all these moral dilemmas about it thinking well what, what's the intention of the sale we we wanted to give the sale to everyone we we're not discriminating because they're a certain you know they're a student or whatever mm-hmm. we we just our intention was to give it to everyone and we just did it the quickest way we could was which we thought was like let's make a coupon code we'll put it on the website and we trust people will use it right they didn't use <laughs> it and so i'm thinking well maybe like should i refund them what do you do in that situation? Because I felt I felt kind of bad. <laughs> right. But at the same time, we're running a business, and if you put your credit card in and you hit buy and you don't check what the price is, then that's sort of on you as well, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. Like, do you do you know for sure that the 11 people they most likely knew and then just didn't do it right, or could they have just been random? They happened to, you know, come across your site for some other reason, didn't know there was a sale and just signed up.
1: Uh, I don't know for sure, but we emailed our subscriber base saying there was a sale and to use the coupon code. Mm -hmm. So that was in the email. On the website itself, we had a banner at the top saying, there's a Mm -hmm. sale, use this coupon code. On the pricing page, before you click buy, there's another thing that says, there's a sale, use the coupon Mm -hmm. code. Now, on the surface, that sounds like, well, that's just user error. If you didn't see that, I mean, I can't help you right? That was the first thought. But I went back and I looked at how we presented the sale and I, and I thought, well, actually, maybe it's a little confusing because on the landing page, it has use the coupon code for X percent off. But then the price that we had on, you know, like the buy button, it was the discounted price, but it was just a, like a UI thing. Mm. When you click the actual button, it had the full price and then you had to put mm. the code in. So, then I started to think, well, maybe part of the responsibility is on on me because, you know, I did it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It was just like a really quick, like, let's just put the sale up. And I, I looked at it and I was like, maybe this is confusing. And then in the end, we actually decided to refund the difference okay. to those 11 people. Mm-hmm. A few of them emailed to say, I just realized I messed up and I didn't use mm-hmm. the code. Mm-hmm. So we had three out of the 11 do that, which made me think, again, I think part of it is on me for not presenting it as clear as I could. So the other eight, like I just emailed them and I said, oops, you forgot to use the code. We're just going to give you a refund for the difference. A few of them wrote back to say thanks. A few didn't. So maybe they're just not like watching their email or this kind of stuff. Yeah. But, but now I can sleep at night. <laughs> right, Basically, right. I can sleep at night because I felt a little bit You know, one, maybe you could say, oh, random case, but 11 out of 73, it was like, well, that's, that's pretty significant to me. Like maybe we should take some ownership and yeah, we refunded that difference. I
0: I think that makes sense in that situation. I feel like normally what I would say is like, well, maybe flag them, you know, on your site so you can kind of follow so that if they later on say, oh, hey, I thought I was only paying this, you could change it then and otherwise not do anything. Yeah. But I think what you're saying, if if it actually said it in the UI, like there was a button that set a price, and they clicked it, and then the price changed, mm, that's yeah. The thing. I, I I think you probably that's made the, the right thing. call to like let's actually go in and fix that because they our button was wrong, because yeah. uh, that feels like you yeah yeah Like that feels like they yeah they probably clicked it thought they were doing the thing they and could just think didn't even notice you misled that. yeah it's, exactly it feels like. That, that mistake is probably on you more than on them.
1: Yeah, I went through it so many times <laughs> in my head, and that is what it came down to, what you just said. If the button says a particular price, it needs to reflect that. So when someone clicks that button, whatever price is on there should be the price they see on the checkout mm-hmm, screen. Mm-hmm. And in our case, our button said the discount price, but when they clicked it, it had the full price and required them to then put the code right. in to get the discount price so it was that small little nuance right because on the surface it's like why would you refund like you're running a right. business when you really look, break it down it's like i think not intentionally but it could be seen as misleading so we're like all right let's just mm-hmm. i know there's an issue it's not that i don't know there is an issue i think there is one so i'm like gonna do it because I can't sleep at night <laughs> otherwise i seriously was like thinking about it overnight yeah like, i can oh. imagine I woke up. I'm like, no, nah, got to do yeah, it.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Out, so out, outside of that little issue, how else did you feel about the sale? Like, did it match your expectations? Did you have an idea of what it would do or yeah. Like how, how did the rest of it go outside of the moral dilemma? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it went okay. I, you know, part of it is we're trying to test price points as well. Mm-hmm. Although a sale is not the best way to test a price point because obviously it's a sale and there's some psychology behind that. People, sometimes just want a deal, but pricing's just kind of been hard. Yeah, You know, we also introduced a free plan recently. So now there's a, a free plan and a paid plan. That's been difficult too, because I think we made the free plan too good. Mm-hmm. So we had this problem where a lot of people that were on a paid plan decided that the free plan was good enough, so they canceled. And then a lot of people coming in were not upgrading because they thought the free plan was too good. So we were kind of getting hit from both sides of the funnel, Mm, mm -hmm. right? We're losing paid customers and then we weren't getting as many paid customers. So I haven't figured that out yet. I I really, it's kind of, it's very, very tricky. Yeah.
0: That's, that's the sort of thing where it feels like for that to work, like the vault, like if the conversion rate is that low, like you need the the volume needs to be way higher. (laughs) You need the volume (laughs) to
1: make up for it. Exactly. And we don't have the volume yet. So That is the bet that you make. If you have a free plan, the bet is that the free plan will allow you to reach so many more people Mm -hmm. because it's free. Everybody feels better about recommending a free product to their friends and family. And yeah, you might just get some virality from Mm -hmm. that. Therefore, even if you convert less people, you know, it's a balance, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. If you reach more people, and you have a lower conversion rate. You might still bring in the same amount of revenue, and if you're lucky, I mean, I guess the goal is to bring in even more revenue. But but we're not we're not yeah, yeah. So we don't have the reach, and we didn't, and that's so that's kind of an issue mm-hmm. right now that we're we're trying to figure out. Oh, I say we just for, I guess for context, it's it's me and two other people mm-hmm. working on Llama Life at the moment. I started off as a solo founder, um, but now there's there's three of us in total. Right, right just for a bit of context. Yeah, yep. so
0: I, one thing that I consider like when you're saying that, the, like the volume isn't high enough for the ratio uh, where you want it to be and you're not sure what to do about it yet. I wonder if like, what could you do future things to like, you know, sweeten the pot, like make it more to try and entice mm-hmm. people because now you're in a tricky spot because you don't want to take away from the free plan because uh, people really hate <laughs> when that... People get yeah. so
1: mad when you do.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it makes yeah, it a I little know, bit of a pickle. But one thing you can do you know potentially is add more something else that's like oh that's a killer feature and now i should start paying because of what that yeah, that is yeah. so yeah what what's your what's that killer feature what do you got
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's exactly it so right now it's all about adding to the paid plan like what can we add that will that will sort of you know you can't please everyone but if you if someone looks at the list of things in paid like you hope that there's just that one thing that they go oh yeah that's that's me that's what mm-hmm, i need mm-hmm. at the moment we're working on an overtime feature. This is kind of hotly requested by so many people. Essentially, when your Llama Life timer hits zero, maybe maybe people don't even know what Llama Life (laughs) is, but quick, just quick, really quick, Llama Life's a productivity tool. It runs on desktop web at the moment. It essentially lets you set a timer for every single task that you have. It's a countdown timer. So I might say, hey, I need to uh, reply to all these emails. I want to take 30 minutes to do it you set 30 minutes, and then it counts down to zero. When it hits zero, an alarm goes off and says, okay, you should really move on to the next task that you have in your list, or maybe add some more time and keep going with this one. It's really meant to help you focus, increase focus, and put that a little bit of pressure on you to complete a task. Because, you know, my problem is if I don't do that, there's two things that could happen. One is I just keep going, (laughs) right? I just forget time, I forget what's what time it is. I'm very bad at figuring out time. Or the other thing that happens is I just can't do it because um, there's no pressure on me to do it. So that's kind of what Lama Life is about. And people were saying to us, when the timer hits zero, sometimes I am really focused. Mm -hmm. And then I come back to Lama Life and I spent like an extra 15 minutes, but it's not accounted for anywhere. And I want to see in Lama Life that I spent the extra time I want to get credit for spending the extra right. time, so that's what the overtime feature is. It's not, you know, it's not like a rocket science, crazy new feature where people go, oh my god, that's so different. But it does solve a pain point for a lot of people because they've asked for it. So we're doing that right now. Nice. We're also going to add Asana integration. That's something that's come up again and again. People tend to have their their master list of to do somewhere right. else, like in Asana or Trello or Todoist, is another big mm-hmm. one. And they use Llama Life just to focus. So they'll transfer stuff from these other tools into Llama Life. And we want to make that as frictionless as possible. So we've, we're going to add a sauna integration because everybody asks for that. So we're trying to react to what people want. Is
0: that going to be for the paid plan, that integration?
1: Yeah, it'll be paid.
0: Yeah, it feels like a prime paid feature right yeah, there, those kind I of integrations. So. And that- we,
1: we have Notion and Todoist integration right now, and, and they're both part of the paid plan. Got it.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that that makes a lot of sense. So we are at yeah. about half an hour. I wondered you mentioned before, and we didn't get a chance to go in it, something about the somebody copying, or I, I didn't quite oh, get it. All the copy. Yeah. yeah so what it? Love to hear yeah. what that. Is
1: I wanted. I want to ask you about your course as well. <laughs> I know we got to. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, we'll this goes. <laughs> uh, yeah I guess real quick. Um, so it's not the first time someone's tried to copy work. I've had people try and copy stuff before, but this one really got me i was to be honest i was really upset and and angry when it happened because it wasn't just a it's definitely not like i'm inspired by it and i'll create a similar tool Mm -hmm. because that happens all the time like you know i don't own this category or time boxing or a focus tools anybody can make whatever they want they can be inspired by it and make a version of it but this person literally like literally ripped off everything they ripped off the design, they ripped off the the features. They even ripped off the feature names. <laughs> right? We have some, we call, there's a feature called smart time detection in Llama Life. Mm. They called it exactly the same thing, smart time detection. They, they just ripped it. Oh, man. Right? And even some of the language on the website was just ripped straight from our website. And I put a comparison on on Twitter just to show side by side. And it's hard because you don't want to draw too much attention right, to. yeah. A copycat but at the same time you don't you can't just sit back and let someone do that yeah you know it was really nice because I put it on Twitter and I, I I expected a few people to reply but there were a lot of people who just offered their support and also tweeted at the other company and what happened in a very short amount of time like a few hours that's that site went down uh, so right now it's not it's not there at the moment it might come back but it's it's been taken down mm. uh, and their tweet got taken down as well so that was Kind of encouraging, and I felt so much better. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. How did you find out about it? Did somebody else? Yeah,
1: someone someone uh, DM'd me about it, mm. and that business they just went live three days ago, huh. um, and someone emailed me in within that time, and then, like on day four, they were they were gone.
0: Wow, that's so that's so wild. Yeah, that people like, do they just think no one's ever going to find out? I I don't know how you can build a business. I had. This is a long time ago, like, I don't know, I'm going to date myself, but probably like 15 years ago, I had built some website. The website I had was like selling videos, but then somebody else copied, just copied the entire design and then made it for their church website. And it happened to actually be, (laughs) it it happened to be a church that was near me. Like it was like half an hour away from me. And so I, I can't remember where I, there was some popular website at the time where I just kind of posted in the forum and like they were talking about people reaching beyond inspiration, kind of what you were saying. Like this isn't just inspired; they like straight up stole stuff. And I happened, yeah, I yeah. posted. I was like, "Yeah, look what this church did stealing my uh, my website design." And
1: it's a church. I it's know, a church I know. As well.
0: So they the the site where I posted <gasps> oh it in the forum, they actually made like a new article on it, and then it like started blowing up a little bit. You know, fifteen years ago. So enough enough mm. that the people at the church found out. Um, and they had no idea. It was, like, someone they hired as a designer to make their website. And so they didn't know oh, that this okay. person had, right, had stolen right. this design. And so they actually reached out to me and they took it down. Same thing. It was, like, once it got kind of out there, there was a pretty pretty quick yeah. response. But, yeah, that's such a, oh, just, like, a punch to the gut, that feeling of, like, I spent yeah. so much, like, all the work so and, like, mm. like hard decisions and all the And someone just, you know, like, the old meme of, like, Oh, you made this, and then just like take it. I made this. Now it's mine. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah.
1: But but there was some really good advice from other other creators mm, on, on the Twitter mm-hmm. thread. So so there were a couple of things that surprised me, right? So I mean, maybe I shouldn't be that surprised, but so many people DM'd or just posted to me that this has happened to them as well. So mm. it's very, very widespread. And Unfortunately, it's it's one of those things that's hard to, to crack down on because you, you technically don't have a copyright on the UI. You can't copyright
0: right. mm-hmm. the
1: UI. I, I don't think you can. But the advice was that, you know, they can copy the UI, they can copy the tool, but they can't really copy you. Yeah, They can't really copy all the thought that's gone into it. And they're always going to be a step behind. Even if they do continue copying you, they've only copied a snapshot in time. Yeah. And you know, they're not the ones spending this week. We spent maybe three hours just trying to look through analytics and kind of just understand like the customers and where are we losing people? What do we need to do to figure out like what's going on in our customer journey? They're not doing that, Mm -hmm. right? They're literally just copying what they see. They're not the ones spending the time trying to really understand people and really trying to build features that help people. So they'll never win on that kind of thing. So that made me feel a lot better. And Michelle, you know, Michelle, mm-hmm. we we'll could call
0: out Michelle. Michelle Hansen.
1: Yeah. So she even took the time to record a five minute video to me. She put it on Twitter because other people wanted to see it as well because mm-hmm. it's happened to her mm-hmm. and she had some really good advice. If you, if you're listening, you should go watch that video. It's, you can probably find, you can find it on her profile, but also my Twitter profile. Really, really good advice. And, it changed my whole day because I started the day feeling so bad. Mm. And after all the advice and support and just hearing that it happened to so many other people, I, I ended the day feeling quite good about it. And more importantly, just that I could move on. Yeah, yeah. Because it's very easy to get stuck on this kind of thing and it's not worth spending the time on it. So I'm like, okay, that happened. We learned some stuff. And if anything, it kind of lit more of a fire <laughs> underneath yeah. me to go, I'm just gonna like, win in market mm-hmm. building the best tool the best team the best you know go-to-market strategy and that's how you win so I feel more energized uh if anything that's that's awesome experience.
0: that's great yeah Michelle's awesome I love uh lo- love that she yeah. did that for you she's always super encouraging that's that's amazing yeah and yeah I think that's such yeah. good advice just like they can't copy you and llama life exists because of you like it you know it grew out of what is important to you and like i i know we've talked before about like the vibe behind like an app is so important and that really kind of comes from your heart that's what makes the brand and the product and everything of llama life what it is and so Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's awesome that you've kind of turned it around and it's been that that fire uh yeah i love that
1: (laughs) tell me about your stuff tell me um What's happening with the course? Because that's kind of been a, a big focus for you in the last few weeks, or, or even more. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. So i <laughs> I have this thing that I do a lot where I I'm like, oh, this would be an interesting thing to do, and I have no idea how to do it, and so I'm just gonna put myself out there. And like, so in the past, I've I've given like tech talks, so like talks at conferences, talking about development stuff like that. In pretty much every one of those talks i had no idea how to do the thing that i talked about i basically proposed a talk name um so like i, di- I did a talk <laughs> on uh, machine learning and i'd never yeah. done anything with machine learning before but like they you know there was a conference that like called for you know the call for proposals and i wrote together yeah. like hey i want to learn more about machine learning and so what talk would i want to see and so i wrote the name of a talk and little description and it got accepted and i was like well I guess I have to learn how I've to got do to this do it now. now.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. It's kind of um, yeah. It's kind of that putting that pressure on yourself, mm-hmm. and once you've committed so publicly to it, yeah, it, you, you put a submission in and it's got accepted, and maybe it's on their event program now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jesse
1: Anderson's doing this talk. I mean, you can't back out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, but it looks so bad. So, so you kind of. Uh, that's so funny. It's something I would do as well, is just put this <laughs> crazy amount of pressure on myself. And yeah. I would,
0: and then I show it up. It drives I, I, you forward. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's really helped. Like I've I feel like all the talks that I've done with that method have been really successful. And I also, I mean, this isn't quite where I was going with this topic, but like it also helps me. Like I don't have the um Uh, what's it called? Like that knowledge gap of like, I forget what it's like to be a learner because I'm learning it right then. So I know what it's like for people that don't know anything about this topic. So it makes it easier to teach. It's kind of, Mm -hmm. I don't remember the quote, but there's a quote by uh, C.S. Lewis that talks about a teacher that's been doing it for 30 years uh, isn't going to teach you as well as like the student in the seat next to you. They're the ones that know where you're at. Like they are going to be, if they know Mm -hmm. the topic are going to be able to teach you better because they know your own situation of not knowing anything whereas like a teacher has been doing it yeah. for so long they forget that learner's mindset i'm not trying to <laughs> d- discount and, teaching and al- from experts but yeah
1: no it's such a good point point. and you can you can also flip it from the other point of view from from the learner point of view so you know, you look at the indie hackers online or the creators online. You should sou- surround yourself with people who are at a similar stage, so mm-hmm. you can follow their journey and you can learn from people who are just a little bit ahead of you. Because if you if you try and learn from someone who's like way, way, way ahead of you, mm-hmm. um, the stuff that they're tweeting about or thinking about or the problems they're solving. They just might not be relevant to where you are and you can't just take that and apply it to your business because it's they're at a different stage. So right. I think it, yeah, it works both ways from a teacher teaching it and just from a learner observing what other people are doing and trying to self-learn. It's mm. about surrounding yourself with with people at a similar stage or maybe just a little bit ahead of you. And maybe a little bit behind, so those people can can learn from you as well. And
0: yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: it's so so important to <laughs> to make sure you're learning from the from people at a similar stage.
0: Right. I think if like if you look too far ahead, I know someone recently said this. I don't remember who, but they talked about how a lot of people that are really wealthy will say like, oh, they have all these different sources of in- income, and that's like the success. Like you have to have this, 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 and this, and that add up but they kind of pointed out, most of those people didn't start like that. They started with one source and that got them to the point where they could build these other kind of sources of income. So yeah, like yeah. when you're starting out from zero, like the goal isn't like, come up with eight different sources of income to make your indie life work. It's like, you probably need yeah. to have one good success to start driving that before you can really start to build up, I don't know, that portfolio or whatever you want to call it. So let me, you you had asked about the course and I went a little bit. Yeah, what, the tangent, is the what is the course? What is the course? The course was similar in that like I kind of didn't know what I was going to do with the course, but I announced it, <laughs> and then so I put together like a landing page and I knew that it would kind of draw from the book that I'm writing, but I didn't know exactly what it would be. And then people started signing up for it. You know, I listed it in the newsletter, people signed up for it and paid money for it, and I was like, okay, well now I really have to deliver. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so yeah so I did I just finished that uh was it last week I think it was last week that I finished and so that was like a two and a half week five different days so we met for an hour and a half uh five times so it was a total of what is that seven and a half hours
1: oh you mean the cohort your course
0: cohort. yeah the course cohort five, so we met for
1: wait what is the course what is it again
0: it's uh, it was called like what's the actual course it was uh yeah. refocus your adhd brain So it was like it was kind of a mix of like kind of ADHD 101 of like here's kind of all the fundamentals of what ADHD is and then sort of mixing Mm -hmm. that with like how can you like knowing that how can you thrive with it like what sort of strategies are going to help you be more effective just sort of in general. So we talked a lot about motivation. And uh, Mm. that's a big one. And they're just learning from like how to deal with time blindness, emotional dysregulation, kind of Mm. all the like things that encompass ADHD. Right,
1: right. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I did that and it was was amazing. And now I got to figure out how to, I want to take a lot of what I learned translating like the book content to a course. And then, you know, because it Mm. needed to be more interactive. Like how can we have breakout rooms and sort of work through some of this Mm. stuff. And now that I've done that, now I want to kind of, reverse engineer it and be like okay now what can I ha- take from that and put it back into the book to make the book, kind of book more practical yeah, yeah. and more you know yeah, yeah, that yeah. you can do application Makes with sense. it and stuff like that. So yeah it was it was amazing and it was also stressful and I'm so glad I did it and I'm also so glad it's over because it was one of those things where once it was done I realized how much of my headspace was just like the course, the course, the course. Mm. Uh, cause in typical ADHD fashion, I, I would have like an idea of like, okay, day four is coming up and we're going to talk about this sort of thing. And then like the night before it'd be like, okay, what, but, but I have, I really have to figure this out. <laughs> like mm. it would it would be like, I would cram and I didn't do that every day. Like when the course started, I had like two and a half days of the course figured out and the rest, I was like, I'll wing it along the way. <laughs> so I think the actual course like felt prepared but in the moment I was just like constantly thinking like oh I can improve the slides more and oh actually maybe okay. I should talk I'm talking about this topic and this other things related so let me see if I can squeeze that in so it's just like all my mind space was like the course the course the course mm-hmm. and so once yeah. I finished Friday and you know stopped the recording or stopped the you know we were the zoom call I was just like ah oh, I can not think about it for a while. And then eventually, yeah, I want to put some of that back into the book and probably do the course again at some point. But right now, like, I don't want to think about it. Um.
1: (laughs) I love, I love that you've got these two different mediums, like the course and the book, and they both kind of are giving you feedback that you can use Mm -hmm. to improve the other one. And because they are different mediums, you, they hopefully provide a different sort of feedback. Like the course would be, like you said, it's so much more interactive. So You can know straight away all the questions that you get. You get them straight away, like in the course itself. And then it's really hard to get customer feedback from a product. Like you have to reach out. you got to wait for the response. You have to clarify, like, is this what you mean? Or what's the actual problem that you have? Because with the stuff that I say with Llama Life, like people would email going, can I have this feature um, they never say, I have this problem. Can you design a <laughs> right. feature for it? It yeah. goes straight to, can I have a f- this feature? And you're like, well, what, is, what are you actually trying to solve? But with the course, you can have that conversation right there and just clarify it or just mm-hmm. dig deeper. That's so good. It's so good for like this live feedback. And then of course, like you said, you can put it back into the book. Mm-hmm. How do you get feedback from the book? Is that from reviews or? Yeah.
0: So with the book, there's a couple things. I mean, I think I've Heard somebody else say this. I don't remember where. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I stole this from somewhere. But like writing a book is like you're basically making like twenty thousand decisions, and you have no feedback for any of them. <laughs> like you're just constantly oh, deciding: okay. should I say it like this or say it like that, or should I do this here or do that later? And there there's right. not a lot of feedback in general. So that's one. Like the course is really good for that. But I have been doing beta mm. reading, um where I put oh. there's oh, what is the site I use? Helpthisbook.com. It's like a private community thing, but it right, it's right. basically like a glorified shared Google Docs so people can read your book in this online page and then leave, like they can highlight stuff and then say like, oh, this was helpful or this was useful or this was confusing or this part was slow. Mm. And so that's been super helpful. I haven't done that in a few months now and I kind of want to... Like my plan now is like, okay, take all the stuff I learned from the course and then put try to put it into the book and then do a new mm. beta reading of the book and like invite some beta readers so I can get more of that feedback.
1: What about – you said that's a closed community. So it's just the people who have signed up to, to, to do that, right? The mm-hmm. beta reading. What about your Twitter? Because I feel like um I'm just guessing like some of the content in the book, it's, it's all a similar theme of ADHD. Some mm-hmm. of that makes it onto Twitter or you're having – these thoughts on Twitter, which could eventually make it into the book, vice versa. Is that a way that you can get feedback to like yeah, how so many people comment of, or how it resonates?
0: Yeah. So I've sort of been doing that already. I kind of been stealthily like not, not ever announcing it, but I've taken like chapters from the book. And made it a thread and just like post a thread yeah, and know. then from from that like yeah, yeah there's yeah. so much there's all this free feedback like oh not many people respond to this one maybe I need to rethink how to <laughs> say this resonate, or yeah. just like tons of yeah. uh there's lots of great like feedback and ideas and like oh I didn't even talk about uh this aspect of it and a lot of people commented so now I know that's like an important thing I want to make sure to get in the book mm-hmm. so I haven't I haven't done that in a while because the book's been sort of, in sort of stasis because I had like summer vacation and other things happening and then the course and then then now that the course is done I'm yeah now I can like go back and do that so I'll probably (laughs) in the future from now like in the next couple months if you see a long thread for me most likely that's like a chapter from the book Uh, and I also have this I haven't really talked about this anywhere but I'll just go ahead and say I have this like plan of like when I finish the book which probably I I was hoping it was going to be this fall, but it's probably going to be early next year now. I think it just like, yeah, there's so much writing a book is so much work, but a plan I have when I release the book, when it comes out, I think I might release the entire book on Twitter, like do some crazy like Twitter thread thing. I haven't totally worked out how it would be yet, but that's sort of something I've considered of like a, an interesting way to sort of be like, Hey, if you Like, you don't even have to buy the book. The entire thing is on Twitter. And, like, hopefully that would, you know, people might, like, share that. And that could get some, like, viral, you know, virality there Mm -hmm. that people might find out about it. Um, So that's kind of what I have, like, a bunch of ideas. Like, once the book's out, like, what do I want to do to kind of promote it? Uh, And one thing, if I do that, it's it could be, like, an angle to, like, approach, I don't know, some media sources of, like, oh, hey, I released my entire book on Twitter. That's sort of an interesting, weird Mm -hmm. angle. Most people aren't going to do that. And it's sort of me like reaching people where they're at with you know ADHD because a lot of people with ADHD are on Twitter. So that's sort of one idea I've toyed around with. Twitter is a great place to get that kind of immediate feedback for stuff. That's a good place to wrap it up. Show notes for this show can be found at theweeklybuild.com. And uh, we'll see you next week.